Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Moth. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. Well, I'm, I don't have anywhere near as many peaks and valleys in my voice as what you just did. <laughs> welcome to Masters of Modern, guys. Welcome uh, to the night. I am your host, Alex Kessler, and interrupting me was my co-host, Ben Bateman. I, again, welcome, guys. How are you? Good to, good to see you. Good to hear you. Good to be here. Uh, so, today, we're talking about brews all over the place. I'm going to do my Alex Kessler impression. So, today... We're going to talk about not cool. our brews. Apparently, to I have do a very distinctive today. voice. Multiple people have, like, in person recognized and me based off back. of how I sound. Uh, so that's cool. I didn't know that was true. I don't know if that's good or bad for myself to do. <laughs> All right. So, so today, what well, we're talking about brews. So, two weeks ago, uh, we did a little thing where we, uh, me, Ben, and then our guest at the time, Andrew Brown, each named two cards at random. Uh, Bunny ears random, and you guys voted on which two cards we're going to play with, and you guys selected of those six, which were I think Terminate, uh, Esper Charm. We had Jace, Jace Rings Prodigy, we had Vengevine, we had Spellskite, Spell and Crackling Doom. Crackling Doom. Uh, you guys voted for Jace from Prodigy and uh, Vengevine, so we have two decks for you today. Uh, some Vengevine, Jace decks. That yep. we're going to see. Uh, I think, actually, interesting enough, me and Ben took them in very different directions, so that's going to be fun to talk about. And by very different directions, we mean mine. Well, you'll see. It's yeah, going to be it's, fun. It's we're going to do that first, too. And then we uh, we have two deck doctors. So uh, two uh, great listeners just submitted some cool, sweet decks that we thought we wanted to talk about today. So we'll break that down and maybe some corrections that we think we should be made to the deck to make it a little bit more tournament-ready. Um which is a statement I don't think I can make about our decks. Definitely not a statement that should be made about the two decks that we built because, like, they're they're like super sweet. Like you guys hear us use the term "sweet" a lot, and they're very sweet. But they're like, are they tournament ready decks? Absolutely not. But if you took them to an F and M, if you're lucky enough to have a modern F and M that is near you, and you wanted to build one of these decks, like, please share it. Like, if you don't want to do that, like, it would be so exciting for us to hear. To be totally honest, I think my deck is. I'm gonna go eighty percent GP ready. Really, I think like there's 20% of it that I put in here, and it's really just like one side game plan that I put in here that is probably loose, and you could probably cut it for like legitimate things. Uh, but beyond that, I think most of this list is like pretty good. Like I was, I was doing some some little some gold fishing, and like it, it pretty much is doing the dredge vine plan exactly how you want to kind of see it, and hasn't been seen since like it was a standard deck. Well, this is going to be very fun. So, shall we just start with yours because you're jumping in already? Well, I would say probably before we do, we need to give a couple of quick shout outs. Oh, yeah. So, first, uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at the MMCast. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel, which is uh, Top Decking TV on YouTube. And make sure to check out our Facebook, which is also the MMCast slash the MMCast. Facebook.com slash the MMCast. Do all those things. Also, make sure to check out our sister podcast, The Command Zone. They do great commander content. Last weekend was some sweet commander uh, release action. Technically, we're recording before that happened, but I'm going to tell you it was awesome, and I most likely picked the uh, green-black one because that deck seems awesome and on theme for Dredgevine, apparently. Yes, we're caught in a time warp, so you guys will have no idea when this was actually recorded, but uh, we just go live now. We don't do any editing anymore, so you're just going to have to just deal with what's happening because we're live and uncut. Uh, The other thing is I think the professor is in town, so either this week or, like, 
a week soon. You're going to have some professor on the command zone action, so that'll yeah, be pretty be sweet. Super sweet. Uh, uh, yeah, you can find Kessler at, at Kess Wiley on Twitter, and you can find myself at, at Ben Bateman Media yeah. on I'm Twitter. actually exactly 150 uh, Twitter followers from beating the old top decking Twitter, so let's make that happen, guys. Really? Let's, yeah, I'm so close. You're, like, way ahead. You have Because you have, like, weird TV yeah, well, posty I have... things that you do that they, like, blast your Twitter name next to your face. Yes, but then I still have no Twitter followers relative to people that are actually famous. Right, true. But you're And your name's easier to spell, though I always mix up the Bat, like, Bateman part. The Batman? Well, not, yeah, with Batman. But uh, specifically, like, is it M-E-N or M-A-N? It's Bateman, like everybody's name that's spelled Bateman ever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anyone named Ben Bateman. Have you ever known a Bateman <laughs> who spelled their name Bateman? Maybe. Really? No, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think better. you're the only Bateman I know, and it isn't that, like... Well, we're not going to get into that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, so, deck tech stuff. Yeah, let's start with Am your... I going first? All right. Let's start with Okay, yours. so I did the classic Dredgevine zombie-themed... Dredge... Yeah, Dredgevine zombie-themed kind of deck. Uh, starts off with four Hedging Crab. Oh, yeah. So you can get those landfall triggers targeting yourself. Such a sweet card. Uh, Hedron Crab is one blue for a 0 3. Zero 2. It is a one blue for a 0 2 with landfall, which people know how that ability works, but uh, target player mills three cards. The insane thing, though, is that when you target yourself and you use a fetch land, you can mill a total of six cards. And if you have two Hedron Crabs in play, you mill 12, which is just a ridiculous amount. And, and, if, and the question, for free. if the question that you're asking is that seems so easy, why wouldn't you just try to mill out your opponent and build a mill deck with cards like Glimpse the Unthinkable and, uh, and Banish tried doing that and Breaking? The half of breaking and entering. I have definitely tried that. Uh, it's not good. Um, <laughs> Never mill your opponents. Mill yourself. That's the way to win magic, apparently. Yes. Uh, but there is a something. So, I mean, we'll maybe get in a little bit. But something interesting with Hedging Crab. Uh, and eventually we'll do a full Dredgevine, I guess, deck tech episode. But right now we're going to do a little bit of it. But what's cool about Hedging Crab is sometimes knowing when to switch from milling yourself to milling your opponent with the card. Because, like, there are times where, like, oh, if I just did Hedging Crab this whole time, they would have died. Uh, is a really interesting knowledge that you should eventually learn while playing the deck. Because there is a time where you start switching and start just attacking their deck size, and it generally gets you pretty far. It's hard to know that early, though, but it is definitely something to pay attention to. Especially when you draw the second one. But yeah, moving on. Uh, what's cool about Hedron Crab, though, is it's a one-drop that lets you mill, but also gets back Vengevine, which is important because it's a creature and it's a one-drop. Uh, the next card, one Fauna Shaman. Just one. Fauna Shaman's sweet. Yeah. Uh, it's really good with Vengevine because you can kind of chain them, and it also lets you kind of sideboard a little cooler. Uh, next, Jace Vern's Prodigy. Yes. The card. required card for this evening. So what's interesting is Ben was doing a lot of complaining about Jace as the requirement with uh, Vengevine because inherently Vengevine wants you to play less spells and Jace wants you to play more spells. Right. The way I see it is Jace is a looter, and this deck has needed a looter that had some type of power level attached to it for a very long time. Something I've always felt was a problem with modern Dredgevine is that there's not a great two-drop that like lets you kind of with card advantage get stuff into your graveyard, and Jace kind of offers that ability. Plus, with late game, if you play spells, it can buy them back. Right, 100%. Like, I've, I've, I've often like tried putting Snapcaster Mages in Dredgevine or Dredge decks because it like can buy back some of the spells you mill, like a reanimator spell or something else, and this guy lets you do that, and we'll get to that a little later. So my next two-drop, three Lotleth Troll. Yeah, the Lotleth Troll. It's a zombie, so it's really good with the Grave... Uh, the grave crawlers, which I I guess I skipped, but there are grave crawlers, and I'll get to that in my like flashback, I guess, creature yeah. section. But it's really good because it's a zombie. It also is a discard, so you can discard cards to it. It also is like a threat that eventually gets big and they have to deal with. There's a lot of cool things. He also gets path really easily. Yeah, true. 
but so does a lot of these cards. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, a lot. Of, so to be totally fair to Lot of Troll, when we were designing the deck that eventually became Superior Burning Cocoa over the summer, we can't, which maybe harkens to an idea that we might talk about just in just a minute. But anyway, uh, sneak preview. The card Lot of Troll was a card that was on our radar. We talked about quite a bit. We eventually found that the value of Lot of Troll was not as good as the value of Packrat because Packrat had a reactive ability, whereas Lot of Troll. Doesn't true, and in that base you had a lot of more times where you had mana available to cast. Well, this deck won't as much because you're trying to cast as many creatures as possible, right? Um, but law of control in the deck, discard outlet. It's kind of its main intent for those venge vines and grave crawlers that get stuck in your hand or extra jaces. You know, it's what it's about. Uh, and now, and last but not least, before we get into the cards that come back from the graveyard, Gurmag Angler. I'm playing three of them. Sweet. Uh, that is the five five Delve for six. Uh, Zombie fish. So the key seven is that it's a seven, I believe. Sorry, six colorless, one black. Yes. Uh, the key though is it is a zombie fish. So yes. this Gurmag Angler can be used alongside Grave Crawlers uh, to get Grave Crawler back, which is sweet. Super so sweet. we've talked about Grave Crawler. Let's talk about what it is. It's a two one for one black, uh, which is a pretty aggressive body. Not aggressive enough for modern, but classically above curve. Um, but for if it's in your graveyard, as long as you control a zombie, you can spend one. You can cast it from your graveyard. Hundred percent. So what's really important about that is it's a cast trigger. There are very few creatures that you can cast from your graveyard for this low of a cost, which is really important because you're going to be milling a lot of the cards in your deck using Hedron Crab and uh, other spells and trying to get Venge Vines in there, and then you can use the Grave Crawlers that you mill to bring Venge Vine back. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this is this is a twist on the classic Vengevine. Like this is people have tried to do similar. This things is to this. kind of so far most of the shell. A lot of times people are playing red now because there are really strong red cards, and with dredge cards, which I'm not playing any actual dredge cards in this list. Right. Um. But that's kind of the other way to play with the shell. And there's an argument to be made that the like weird stuff I'm going to talk about in a second uh, could be cut for actual just dredgers like Grave Troll. Oh, please get to the troll. weird stuff. All right. So the last creature in the deck. So we. To get kind of into it, I needed to add some spells because Jace is in it. Yeah. So I was thinking, oh, what spells are good with Jace? I was like thinking, you know, some reanimate spells or whatever. So the weirdest card is a card called Endless Obedience. Do you know what this card is? Endless Obedience. Endless Obedience. So Endless Obedience is a sorcery, black sorcery from M15. It costs four colorless and two black. Oh, my goodness. You're playing a six drop in modern? Get out of here. It has Convoke. Oh, <laughs> I love where you're going with uh, this. And put target creature card from your graveyard into play. Wow. So the game plan is I have a singleton Elishnorn in the deck. <laughs> 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 and all those grave crawlers, Jace, Verns, Prodigies, Fauna Shamans, Lutless Trolls that are just not doing anything because they have a Tarmogoy for something that are blocking them and they're just not doing something. You tap them with the Jace trigger, bringing them back. Getting Elishnor and pumping your other guys and kill, wiping their board and just pumping through with your fancy Elishnor. Seems pretty good. Yeah, it's sweet. I'm really happy about figuring that one out. <laughs> I mean, I'm sort of thinking now with my list how sweet having, like, I should just totally have, like, the one of... Ah, no, but then I'd have to wait, okay, wait Well, we're getting to your list in a second. Because, yeah. so, also I'm playing, so I lied, there are dredge cards. Okay. I'm playing two Dark Blast. <laughs> which is one black mana to do minus one, minus one, dredge three. It's an early way to also get cards in your graveyard. It has some versatility. Is it minus one, minus one, or minus two, minus two? It's minus one, minus one, for okay. sure. Uh, but there's a trick where you can, before your draw step, cast it on a creature, then draw right. it and cast it again, same turn. Uh, you can flashback with Jace. It's not the best thing to flashback with Jace, but it's okay. Uh, Thought Scour, which is a big one with Jace, uh, you get to... Huge. 
draw a card, mill two cards into your graveyard. It kind of does everything your deck is trying to do, uh, while also being able to use Jace to just gain some card advantage. Um, Vapor Snag. Yeah, classic. Uh, so it's a classic blue card. It, you can flash back with Jace, but what's important is this deck has a very tempo we feel. Because of Vengevine and because of Gurmag Angler, there's a little bit of a Delver play where just like you can get a very early army, and if you can get rid of their one blocker, you could kill them. So having Vapor Snag just be able to get in there is really good. The other thing is, say you have Vengevines in your thing and you only have one creature in hand, but you have Vapor Snag, you can bounce one creature you have in play. Like, say you just have, like, a dirtily creature that's not doing anything. Bring it back and replay with the other creature on the next turn to bring all your Vengevines back. Seems really good. So, like, it's, it definitely adds versatility. And uh, two Life from the Loam, the last dredge card. So this is one, one green, one, one colorless. Yeah, love Life from the Loam. The other thing is, and uh, there is one Dryad Arbor in the mana base for this reason. You can use this to loop with Lotless Troll with the Dryad Arbor, um, which is, like, a, a small, like, slightly cute thing you can do with it. But more Just to importantly, get a second creature. like you, you run, you know, Ghost Quarter in the side to kind of do a little bit of it. I have one Horizon Canopy to kind of loop with the the yeah. thing. But you can also flash back with Jace, which is important. And a lot of times in these decks, you're like, oh, I have two mana, and I don't have like for whatever reason my draw is kind of wonky. Yeah, this can also just be cast for free or with your fetch land, draw cards, and then you can start the Dredge Train rolling, which offers a lot of versatility. Um, last but not least, Murderous Cut. Yeah, one of. One of Murder's Cup. You can flash back with Jace. You're milling, so you, it's like almost always going to be a one mana to sh- like kill anything. Uh, in the side, I'd probably add more, and like the amount of this versus Gurmag Anglers would probably right. bounce back and forth. Um, really good card. I don't think anyone needs to know why Destroy Target Creature for one black mana is like legit, and this deck Very is one powerful. of the few decks that are just going to consistently do it. Um, and to the mana base, I already kind of mentioned I'm playing one Mutavault, I'm playing one Dryad Arbor, I'm playing one Horizon Canopy. Uh, the reason you play Mutavault is it's a zombie. Purely off of the fact that if they wipe your board or whatever, you need to get a zombie, but you have Life from the Loam in your graveyard, and you have, or you have Life from the Loam available, and you have this in your graveyard, you can get the zombie train going to get your Venge Vines back to just get in there. Uh, the last one is um, Darkmoor Salvage, which is a dredge land for two. Just another land. You love you some dredge. When people voted on Vengevine, you were so oh, happy. Yeah, so happy. Yeah, I think you guys have this... been wanting a, the, the eventual Vengevine deck tech. This is not the full one because we're not going to do a gauntlet or anything. Yeah. Um, but this is the list I came out with. Uh, How I think, think it owes a lot of interesting plays. I think it does some cool stuff. No, I was I actually think... pretty happy with what came out of this. <laughs> I think it does some pretty cool stuff too. Okay, so without it's going... It's not like I haven't thought a lot about making Dredgevine a modern in my life. I think I've actually built the deck four different times yeah. and then just dismantled oh, it. You definitely have. I've had, yeah. had to play against <laughs> uh, it. Okay, if you didn't build... Okay, if, like let's just... No gauntlet. But okay. like, how do you think this deck does? Like, what What's it good against? What's it bad against? I think it's really good against all of the grindy decks. Okay. I think John, all of them, just like eventually you're going to outvalue them. Yeah. Liliana's terrible against you. Sure. Uh, I think with a good sideboard plan, it could have a decent game against um, the Splinter Twin decks. Right. I think there's a lot, of, like the colors you're playing, there's a lot of play you can kind of get there. I also think that's probably true for a lot of the non land based uh, Kill You decks. Sure. So, like, in fact, because like the fact that you can make these good removal spell situations go on is pretty good, um, and like there is a huge tempo play here. The fact that you get Venge Vines pretty easily, the fact that you get Gurmaga English pretty easily, and you have these Vapor Snag plays is pretty good. Yeah, no, I mean, I, there's there's cool stuff going on for sure. Um, and I think that you can also probably 
I, it needs testing. This deck, I made it literally in the last <laughs> two days. We got the voting in on Monday. We're recording on Tuesday. So it was really one day. I've had one day to make this list. <laughs> um, and the reanimator package and how it works, if it's successful and it actually is something that's worth looking at, then adding a Snapcaster Mage, going to the four full, the full four Endless Obediences, like playing uh, Iona's or other just insane reanimator targets is like something legitimate to look at i think endless obedience is probably an underrated convert uh convoke it seems sweet i mean i'm not gonna lie to you i'm i'm intrigued i'm very intrigued i it was the most powerful thing i could think of the flashback with jason Vern prodigy in this deck on theme except that you would so when you flash it back when you use the flashback cost you can convoke it in the flashback yeah Interesting. Convoke is part of convoke is like an X cost. So that's this is like a, a notably interesting difference, I would say, between between Jace and Snapcaster. Correct. Is that flashback is the is the specific ability referenced by Snapcaster, whereas Jace just says you may cast this spell. No, no, before. Snapcaster you think you can also convoke with Snapcaster. I might be wrong there, but I'm pretty positive you can convoke with a Snapcaster cost. Yeah, I'm just mean like in general, like flashback and being able to pay its mana cost are different things. Because one of them exiles, obviously, and one doesn't. Well, this exiles. Really? Jace Exiles. I feel like it's different somehow. No. The, it, it's, it's for all intents and purposes the same. Hmm, I think you're wrong, but we're not going to get into Internet, that. Twitter, <laughs> let me know who's right, Alex um, or Ben. It's are you guys Alex. ready to hear my sweet brew yet? Uh, are we done on Alex's? Anything else interesting? Are we done on Alex's oh, brew? That we haven't talked about? Uh, <laughs> these decks normally have to play a, a lot of fetch lands. So yes. this plays a full 12. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's quite a few. All right, um, there you go. It's your okay. turn. Because so, of the Hedron Crab and you want to get the Landfall Trigger, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Right. I like a lot of the cards in your deck. Like, it would be funny to see your deck versus my deck and let's just see how they fit, how they match up. Yeah, maybe that's something we'll do. Yeah. It'd be kind of fun. On camera? I don't know. We can figure I can it out. print them out. Give me the list. I'll print them out. So, we have a YouTube channel now. We can record stuff. I don't know. We need to get cameras. Over the summer, guys, <laughs> we worked on a deck called Superior Burning Coco, and that deck was very fun, and that deck ended up being white, green, black. Uh, but it went through iterations where it included red and where it included blue, and we tried all different kinds of things with it. And when I was trying to build with Vengevine, I'm not a big fan of, like, four-drop creatures. That's just not my thing. I don't usually build with them. And For the I, record, I technically aren't either. I'm a big fan of Vengevine. free creatures <laughs> yeah but like the what the way vengevine and it's just not it's not the direction i usually go what right. ended up happening was we were talking on the episode last week about there may actually be kind of an engine in the in the fauna shaman ether vial sort of plan that we had come up with for coco and i started to think okay that's interesting that fauna shaman is a like discard to draw and jace is a draw then discard so they're, and they're both two drops. They sort of fit the curve, and they have similar abilities. So I started to think, okay, what if I revisited this idea, but I changed the deck up? I got rid of Mirror Superior for the most part. Got rid of Burning Street Shaman. There's still one. There's no Burning Street <laughs> Shamans. <laughs> got rid of some of the, the worse, sort of cuter things and tried to make it a little bit more of just like a grindhouse, middle of the curve. But st- anyway, I'll start to explain it. So oh, go, go card for card. I think that's what's kind of cool about Yeah. So the most important thing here is we play three copies of Jace Friends Prodigy. As well as three copies of Fauna Shaman. So you guys know what Jace Friends Prodigy does. If you don't know what Fauna Shaman does, it's one green, one colorless for a 2-2 Elf Shaman. One green, tap, discard a creature card, search your library for a creature card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. What it does is allows you to take chaff, bad creatures that are only in the deck for one specific purpose or that you want to be getting in some specific situation, and discard them to search for the silver bullet creature you actually want. It's kind of like a survival of the fittest, except it's on a creature. So... Three Jace and three Fauna Shaman make up sort of the heart of the 
early plays in the deck. You then play four copies of Pack Rat, which was something that we ended up playing only one or two of over the summer, but this version tries to go Turbo Pack Rat. One black, one colorless, star, star. Pack Rat's power and toughness are each equal to the number of rats you control. One black, two colorless, discard a card, put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of Pack Rat. A very difficult card to get rid of once it hits the table, to be sure. And a great card in a deck that plays, obviously, extra copies of Fauna Shaman, extra copies of Jace, extra copies of Squadron Hawk, which I play four of in here. Yeah, yeah. that's that's my favorite part about this deck. Um, one white, one colorless, one one flying. When Squadron Hawk enters the battlefield, you may search your library for three for up to three more copies of Squadron Hawk. So it fills your hand with garbage to discard to Packrat, discard to Pack Rat, Fauna, Jace, Shaman. Fauna Shaman. Yeah, it's it's like a, you're sort of your engine. Um, it's also pretty good against like Liliana the Veil. Yeah, it's a, it's a good like mid range. We we tried this out over the summer. We ended up replacing it with something else. It wasn't quite right because the deck because that deck was trying to get seven power on turn two. Right, that was what that deck wanted to do. This like deck in, is in defense of this card. So I've been playing Moto, but my Moto collection is very limited because I really just I like have played like three different blocks. I happen to have played during a lot of RTR. So I have all like a lot of the shocks, but that's it. <laughs> but I have Squadron Hawks. I have these random cards. So I built junk, but using Squadron Hawks because you can just buy fetches. Yeah. Uh, like for cheap at the time because they're like 10 bucks a pop because they're recently printed. Um, and Fauna Shaman overperformed. Fauna Shaman. Like, like I, I would say in the thir- 20 games I've played with this junk list that's yeah. playing Pack Rat and. Fauna Shaman? Uh, not Fauna Shaman. Pack Rat and Squadron Hawks. Uh, I am. You just said squat. You just said Fauna Shaman. I meant. Sorry. Uh, Squadron, Squadron Hawk. Uh, I am probably 15 out of 20 games. Wow. Yeah, I mean, what we found over the summer with Fauna Shaman, you kept telling me to go up to play more of them because the engine, when you got the engine going, was really powerful. Right, because um, you get instant speed casting off of the Aether Vial. We haven't gotten there yet. Oh, so right. <laughs> we have four Squadron Hawk, um, which is a silly card, but can be good. Then you have three copies of Vengevine. So two, that's the namesake card of the deck. I don't think I need to explain what it does, but just in case we didn't, it's two green, two colors for a 4-3 haste elemental. Whenever you cast a spell, if it's the second creature spell you cast this turn, you may return Vengevine from your graveyard to the battlefield. So as you can imagine, getting a bunch of copies of Squadron Hawk is great when you're trying to get Vengevine out of your graveyard, and getting Vengevine into your graveyard is easy when you have Jace and Fauna Shaman and Packrat. Right. And for those who don't know, because there are newer listeners on the regular, uh, and you probably realize that uh, Spellskite and Grand Architect are Ben Bateman's favorite cards. Yes. Uh, my favorite cards are a little bit more specific, which is why I'm not like harping on them all the time. But uh, <laughs> Vengevine and Geist of St. Traft are my two favorite cards. And yes. we finally got to talk about one. Yeah, it's cool. We talked about Geist a couple weeks ago, but like Vengevine, guys. We've done a, we've done a, a Geist brew now. We've done an Architect brew. We've done a heavy Spellskite brew. I would say Coco. Was never, pretty... I don't think we've ever talked about Spellskite. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we've, we've never ever... done a Spellskite-centric brew where it's built around Spellskite. You, you definitely can. Okay, well, There's one in mind. <laughs> we're not talking about right now. Um, I was so upset that it didn't get picked. I spent time building a brew anyway. Um, all right. Then you have a bunch of one-of creatures. So you have one Dark Confidant. You have one Mere Superior. You have one Scavenger Goon. You have one Spellskite, one Tide Hollow Sculler, and my personal favorite in this list, one Varol's the Scar Striped. I think all the other cards we mentioned you guys have heard us talk about before. This is one green, one black, one colorless for a 2-2 legendary creature troll warrior. Each creature card in your graveyard has Scavenge. The Scavenge cost is equal to its mana cost. Sacrifice another creature, regenerate this guy. So Scavenge was a thing where, like, if I had a 2-2 Fauna Shaman in my graveyard that cost two, I could, as a sorcery pay two mana, exile that Fauna Shaman, and put two plus one plus one counters on any creature I wanted, right? 
Yeah, sorcery speed. Yeah, so what's beautiful about that is Squadron Hawks are one ones. So you have the ability now to turn your crappy extra copies of Fauna Shaman, say your Dead Dark Confidant, your five six Mirror Superior that you may have discarded. Yeah, I told you it was coming back. Yeah, that's really good because if you if you have Veros, you can you can now put five one one counters on something for two mana by exiling your Superior. Is it power or toughness? Power. Okay. So Jace is kind of a waste, but you have I mean Pack Rats are definitely a waste. But like a lot of these bears, you're, you're like you have at least eight or nine or ten creatures that are sweet if you can get that card into play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a one of you can get it with Fauna Shaman. Seems really powerful. So that's the creature suite. Then you get into the spells for Ethervile. So for those of you who are wondering so specifically why Packrat's in here, because it seems like a weird card to just play in modern. Like if, if you, uh, I would say it's of the correct power level. You see Packrat decks out there. the The reason it's super powerful here versus the other decks that generally have some type of card advantage engine is Ethervile. Is Ethervile. So yeah. because this is what we were talking about on Alex's deck, if we were playing Lot with Troll, if we weren't playing Vile, we would play Lot with Troll. The thing is you play Vile so that you can play Ethervile on turn one. For those of you that don't know what it does, it's one colorless for an artifact. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may put a charge counter on Ethervile. Tap, you may put a creature card with converted mana cost equal to the number of charge counters on Ethervile from your hand onto the battlefield. Most of the time, almost 100% of the time, you're going to leave your Ethervile at two. Because of the 23 creatures in the list, you have 1, 4, 7, 8, 12, 13, 14, 18, 19. You have 19 of 23 creatures in here that cost 2 mana. So just like the Coco deck was, you'll pretty much just leave it on 2. But the point is, on turn 3, when this ticks to 2, and you now have 3 untapped lands, you can flash in Packrat end of turn and then pay 3 mana to discard a card. You untap now with 2, 2, 2 Packrats. Which means you swing for 9 if they don't have a You swing for 6. Stall. No, because you make another Packrat. During combat. On so turn 3. Which is your third one. So yeah, you're swinging for 6. But you have 9 power, but you're swinging no, no, for 6. Yeah. No, no, no. You're swinging for 9. Uh, oh, because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah something yeah, yeah. like this. Sorry. But the point is, it's really right. difficult to get rid of Packrat unless you have a Wrath anyway. So once you have two of them on the, t- on the battlefield because they didn't see it coming with your Vile, it's a really clever way to use the card. Yeah, and especially also- if it's since that instant speed, you do it at their end step. They can't even, like, the one card is maybe Pyroclasm. Yeah. And, like, that's main decked, and that's not even going to happen. And it's even better now because now you've discarded a Vengevine, presumably, at the end of turn. Or, or and maybe you're discarding yeah. so another. Tur- it's, like, it's like turn two, Packrat, discard. Discard. Turn. It's Sorry, like, turn, like, turn one t- vial, like turn two Fauna Shaman or something like that, or yeah. Squadron Hawk and search for a bunch of cards. Whatever. Turn, yeah, yeah. Turn three. Flash it in. Flash it in. Make a second one. You got two. Turn four. You then can swing for it and then make all. You can also put some Veg Vines into play. If you yeah. have the Squadron Hawks, you can. That whatever Squadron Hawk or whatever Venge Vines you've discarded, you can use Squadron Hawk to get back or other cards. You also have four Pack Rats in the deck now. So, like, you can. If, let's pretend you have a Venge Vine in the graveyard. You've discarded it. And you have a second pack rat in hand. You could, it's the sort of thing where it like, makes the it makes the redundant pack rats five percent better, which is still important. Yeah, so like you untap, hard cast dark confidant, play a land, hard cast your second pack rat. Vengevine comes back. Now you're swinging with six power from your pack rats plus a four three Vengevine. Like pretty good, pretty good. You have some pretty good stuff going on. Um, so that is that. You have the four vials. You have a hand disruption suite, which is three Inquisition of Kozilek and two Thoughtseize. Four Path to Exile. Which is important because you can use them on yourself if you need to get something like Out a Vengevine in your yep. graveyard. And we talked with Andrew a little bit on the episode about the power of Jace splashed into Jund decks, where you could play Jace and then flash back uh, removal spells on like turn three, or uh, hand disruption. Like turn one Thoughtseize, turn two Jace, turn three, flip Jace, flashback Thoughtseize, play Tarmogoyf or something like that. Um, and the curve here is pretty similar. You could like you right. could, like strip their hand on turn one, play Jace on turn two, flip Jace on turn three. You know, 
cast your disruption off Jace again, clear their hand, then just like play your pack rat and just leave, like leave it exposed. Right. If you don't have your Ether Vial or something like that. So definitely pretty interesting stuff. Um, again, if you're confused on the Mirror Superior, you can flash it in from Ether Vial because it's mana cost is two. You'll never be able to hard cast it, but you just play one so that you can flash it with Vial or discard it to all your outlets. And then it has the whole like uh, scavenge thing. Right, right. And you play two two more spells in the deck. One copy of Profane Command, which is Black Black X. This was a favorite of mine from the deck over the summer. It's a little loose, but it, it is Black Black X. Choose two. Target player loses X life. Return target creature card with a converted mana cost X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Target creature gets minus X minus X until end of turn. Or up to X target creatures gain fear until end of turn. So it's good for several reasons. The, the main reason I like it in this one, the two reasons I like it in this one, one, it lets you buy back your two drops. You have so many of them that it's yeah. versatile. The other one, which is more important, is this card seems better in this deck than it was over the summer in Burning Coco because with Jace, Jace rewards cards in your graveyard that go in the long game. Yeah. So, like, if you eventually flip over that Jace and you have just a ton of mana because it's, like, turn six, turn seven, yeah. you can flash this back for, like, five, yeah. which is... A huge value, like make all of your creatures in like, block. Give all draining, your creatures fear and five, and five is like a huge game. Killing their creature and yeah, you know, like there's a lot of cool things you can do there. Well, that's the other thing is with pack rat because you have the likelihood of having a large team of pack rats, like nine or twelve power at some point, or sixteen power from your pack rats, where they would have like a bunch of tokens and stuff to block. The fear here is really powerful because if you can give three pack rats that are like nine power fear and then drain them for three, you can often just swing the game and win. Um, right. So anyway, that is that. And then the last spell in the deck, we have a one of copy of Sultai Charm which is a newer card. It's blue, black, green. Choose one. Destroy target monocolored creature. Destroy target artifact or enchantment. Or draw two cards and then discard a card. So uh, pretty self-explanatory there. Just, I think I think that's another Jace plant. Just does what, just does well, what you like, want to do. You, it's kind of an instant speed uh, Maelstrom Pulse at most of the time, unless you're dealing with like a gold card. Yeah. right? And then it can also, like when it's in the graveyard, Jace can flash it back for value. You can flash it back to kill a thing. You can flash it back to... yeah. Yeah. So that's the pretty much the list. As far as the mana base goes, we're playing 22 lands here because most of the deck costs 1 and 2 mana. Um, you can get away with like not really going heavy on land. It's a pretty taxing mana base just because you've got like double black from Profane, you've got double green in Vengevine, you've got black white out of Todd Hollow Sculler. Um, I mean, let's be honest, though. You're not really casting Venge Vines. Yeah, you got Salty Charm. It's not it's, a four drop. It's a zero drop. It's not that crazy. I mean, it's totally doable. We're, we're, we ended up playing basically like eight fetch lands. Uh, the heavy color in the deck is black, so they are all, almost all black-based. You have like one of each of the shock lands except for Overgrown Tomb because it's the most prominent turn one color you need. And then you have a few basics, a few copies of Mana Confluence and like a single reflecting pool. There's no room for spell lands. There's no room for ghost quarters. Right. Um, we may find as we go with this deck, just like we did with the last one, that tw- Coco, that it's actually not as color as intensive as you think because because Ether Vial is casting things for free off color mm-hmm. and because you're actually not almost ever casting Vengevine. So it turns out that most of what you're doing in the deck is single color. Or black-white, yeah. We ended up actually, for that reason, going with some copies of Horizon Canopy and Ghost Quarters in the main deck because there was room. You could probably also... This deck probably can go to 24 lands. Maybe, If yeah. you need to, uh, I would imagine. And, like, you can do... Those lands could be one Ghost Quarter, one uh, Horizon Canopy. Yeah, we'll see. It's, uh, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's very different than what you're doing. It's... Fun. Which is great. I was so afraid we would just have two dredge vine lists and it would just be boring. <laughs> I know, I know. That's why that's why that's why I have you around. <laughs> uh yeah, so that's pretty much that. Oh, something um, cool that I, I didn't say about my list. I just want to say like the perfect goldfish hand. And if you want to say your perfect goldfish hand, you can do that as well. Oh, uh, we kind of talked about yeah. it. Yeah. All right. So my perfect goldfish hand is 
and I think to do it, you need one, two, three, four, five cards right. in your hand total. You can mull the five and get this hand. Uh, you need two fetch lands. Right. Uh, two hedron crabs. Actually, you need one fetch land and a blue source. Two hedron crabs. Yeah. Gurmag angler. All right. Uh, you play blue source. Yeah. Play hedron your hedron crab. Untap. Untap. Play hedron crab. Yeah. Fetch. Mill yourself for 12. Yeah. Uh, in that 12, you hope to hit any number of Vengevines. Okay. Hopefully four. Yeah. <laughs> One Grave Crawler. Yeah. And that's it. And whatever. Chaff. Sure. You then play Grimag Angler. Okay. You now have a 5-5 five, five in play. Yeah. Because you ate all that Chaff because you can play because it's six. And okay. You, you got it. And then you have four Vengevines in play. And you swing for 12. And then you also have four four threes and a 5-5 five, five when you untap. Wait, 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 wait. Turn two? Yeah. You play you play a crab on turn one. And a crab on turn two. Right. Crab angler. So now you've got, oh, two land. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. Yep. Christmas land. Magical. magical. Well, the, the Christmas land is getting the four vent vines. Yeah. That, like, never you happens. You might hit one or maybe two. No, I've, I've gone two is a probably fair. If, I know if you're doing possible the, if you're to doing hit doing four vent vines and 12 cards. I know it's possible, but likely you'll get one maybe You two. generally get w- 75% of 1.75 vent vines. Every hedging crab sure. mill for six. So getting the 12 generally gets you to the two, and it's that three that you're looking for. So turn um, two, you're swinging for eight, and you have right. another, and you untap. The other thing is power. if you could just hedging crab with one and get a Gurmag Angler on turn. The point is, is that you can consistently get Gurmag Angler on turn two. Seems really good. I mean, you don't get any of the stuff from your graveyard back because you have to eat it all, but right. that's still pretty, like, the quickest Gurmag Angler out there. Seems extra, extra sweet. All Plus right. some vapor snags. I want to get to our uh, our deck techs, our deck doctor yep. on right. this stuff. Can, uh... Okay, so before we get into the two deck techs, I do want to once again shout out our Twitter, and that is at the MMCast. Please talk to us. Tell us what you thought, which one between my and Ben's deck was better. Yeah, which one would you want to play? Yeah. Well, eventually, and, and, and I'd like to hear how much you guys want to, like, we'd have to, like, duct tape it together, so we can't promise super high quality, but how much we want to see, like, a, like us actually play against each other. Yeah, like a video version of what we're doing yeah, or something. Yeah, that, that'd be interesting to see if we can pull that off. And yeah. Maybe at worst we do something on, like, Cockatrice or something like that. So, yeah, right. Uh, though, I like, that UI just looks so terrible, but we're just, looks we'll really it. bad. It's really yeah. bad. So, like, maybe we just, like, get some GoPros. Maybe right. we don't see our faces or something. Something, we'll, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we're going to do the two... Uh, deck techs that were submitted. We have two deck doctors we're going to do for you guys. Yeah, these are pretty fun. We're um, not going to spend a lot of time on them just because we're not going to do full gauntlets because we're at thirty minutes. And yeah, but we're, we'll, we'll, what we're going to do is kind of explain what they gave us. Uh, we're not going to do card for card, but we're going to give their general game plan, and then we're going to talk about which cards that we thought were probably should be cut and which cards should probably be added to the decks. So yeah, we're going to sort of do two lists. Alex will lead one. I'll sort of lead the other. We kind of looked at them both together, and uh, remember that any like. I'm an innovator. Alex is an innovator. Like we love to build, and I come up with with like really wonky ideas all the time. So like, well, like it, as you know, I'm Ben comes up with crazy ideas, and I generally like to calm ideas down to realist levels. So <laughs> I, what I'm going to say is, there's nothing I hate more. There's nothing I hate more than coming with a cool idea to a group of really practical magic players and showing them my cool idea and having them tell me that's really bad that's not going to work that's not good enough it doesn't play any good cards or that's just not like and having no interest and all they want to do is tell me why what their thing is better and why my thing is like is like sometimes they won't even say cool or creative and right that's, and that's not, not at all what's going to go on here no no and my yeah. point is even if we do massive changes to the lists it has nothing to do with the fact that like this list is not cool or interesting it's that if we were going to try to accomplish the same game plan while still being creative this is like an innovation we would suggest 
but it certainly doesn't mean that what you're doing or if you continued with your own plan, you wouldn't just one-up what we're coming up with here. Right. This is and, just sort of our attempt. And something that uh, we kept in mind when doing our changes, and it has there's one list this is more relevant towards than the other. Um, there were budgetary concerns. And so we might, at the end, once we're done talking about the list, say, like, some, like, we're not going to be like, oh, you should throw a Snapcaster Mage in one of these decks. Or, right. oh, this deck would be way better if there were four Tarmogoyfs. Because that's not reasonable to say um, from a financial perspective. Right. And it's not really an essence of what we're trying to do here. So, no, definitely not. You know, like, like I, I, I totally encourage anybody who wants to send us a deck list like this just because I'm a brewer. I'm not happy playing Magic unless I have some stamp on what I'm doing. And so this is awesome. And I want everybody to get in on it. So. Uh, something to know, uh, we love when you send them to on Twitter, but if you want us to take a good, hard look at a deck list, it is a lot easier for us to kind of grok it and look at what's going on if you send it to our email, which is the mmcast at rocketjump.com. Right. Uh, also, I want to encourage everyone, if you have a cool deck list idea, posting it on our Facebook is another place that would be good to place it. Because we have then a new Facebook. We have a Facebook, but also a place that I'd like to encourage communities to kind of go over deck lists and comments and and, and digest and make a safe community for that. So, totally. So definitely post lists to Facebook, uh, which which is the MMCast, Facebook.com slash the MMCast. Uh, all right, so which one do you want to go with first? Let's uh, let's start with yours. All right, so my, I have the whole email, so I'm gonna I'm actually going to read the email. Okay. Because uh, I have other podcasts to listen to, and they do that all the time, so we're stealing their thunder. Mailbag! <laughs> uh, hey, Alex and Ben. My name is Jason Reeson. At Jason Reeson. Yeah, we're reading your deck list, Jason. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, I reached out to you guys asking if you'd give me some feedback on my modern deck. I think of myself as a Timmy player when it comes to EDH, but my modern deck is a bit of a Timmy Johnny mix. I can routinely power out one of the big guys in the deck by turn three or four, depending on the draw. I've got an Ember Cole out as early as turn two by opponents countering a turn two Lotus Cobra, only to fall into my summoning trap. Yes, this is a summoning trap deck. Which is where I take the name from. You'll notice my list of fetch lands is a bit of a mix, but I'm going with what I have available to me. As we mentioned before, financially, this is going to try and be in your in your range. 100%. Uh, it's a fun deck to play, generally ignoring the opponent entirely. Let me know what you think and any suggestions you may have to help make it more consistent. People I've played are generally surprised by it, and as it can give the illusion of being underpowered... Overall, it does well. I've gone later in games and been able to entwine a tooth and nail to Emrakul Xenagos, which kills a person. <laughs> uh, here's the deck list along with Cyborg and then a list of other cards that have been close to moving in. Thanks for taking the time. Loved the show. And I listen to you guys and Jimmy and Josh's show every week. As awesome. Th- awesome. Awesome to yeah. hear. So basically, he kind of explained it to a certain extent, but this is a uh, summoning trap. So for those guys who don't know, summoning trap is an instant trap card. It costs normally four mana and two green, and you may look at the top seven cards of your library and put a creature card from among them into play. What's cool about it is if a, a effect that an opponent controls counters a creature spell of yours, you get to pay this spell for zero. So it lets you, as he mentioned, off of someone countering, say, your Lotus Cobra, sneak in a Emrakul. Right, it's, it's it's the whole like. Well, there's there's lots of ways to cheat creatures into play in modern, and this is just one of them. To quote one of my favorite characters in cinema history, it's a trap. That was that was cheesy. We're done. Not Were you doing that. Admiral Ackbar? That was an Admiral Ackbar. It's, no, it's not that. It's, it's a trap. It's, yeah, Ackbar yeah. crap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Better. There was a, right. there was a. No, I'm not gonna tell that story. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. To kind of break down this, he's playing Lowe's Cobra, Birds of Paradise, Primeval Titan, Corsair of Crufix, Worm Coil Engines, Emrakul, Xenagos, God of Revels, and Xenagos Planeswalker, uh, Ulamog, Summoning Trap, See the Unwritten, which is a like 
fifth summoning trap. Yeah. Uh, a tooth and nail, some ramp cards like search for the tomorrow, a uh, comet storm, and harmonize, and then some lands that we're not something we're not going to do uh, unless there's something specifically interesting is kind of break down lands because mana bases we're not going to be able to. Come yeah, up it's heads. just and we'll uh, probably be wrong. There is one interesting <laughs> land. Uh, Valakut the Molten Pinnacle is in the main deck. There's just one. There's just one. Yeah, uh, it, my guess is to do. Uh, Kind of work with the Primeval Titan to really get in there. Yeah, and maybe, I mean, I, I've heard people use like like it's not that crazy to have mountain driven mana bases where you play like some scape shifts in the sideboard of a deck. It's, right, it's not right, that right. crazy. So I, I've seen people do it. Um, so we looked through the list and we did some math on some cards that aren't in it, and we realized there's two really insane things that are going on. One, uh, between Search for Tomorrow, um, and Lotus Cobra. If you kind of put them together, you get six mana on turn three. Seven mana. On turn Seven three. mana on turn three. Which normally the, the math on Lotus Cobra, for anybody who's ever built with it, and most of us probably have, you know that with a fetch land, <laughs> on turn three, you can get to five mana. That's correct. That's in standard. It was that way. Unless if you have a bird and the original list did have birds, you could get to six on turn three. But normally it's five mana on turn three. So what's the most creative five mana play on turn three you can get? And that's what most people come up with. Right. What we figured out was that search, to, search for tomorrow means seven mana on turn three. Right. And there's also one other play that gets you seven mana on <laughs> so turn three. So the original deck wasn't playing this. And Jason, I would highly recommend you playing this over uh, the coursers, I think is what we cut in the end for this card. Um, Harrow. So for those people who don't know, Harrow is an instant spell. Two colorless, one green. Sacrifice a land. Put two lands at instant speed into your deck. This no, off- no, no. From your deck into play untapped. untapped. Basic lands. Right. Basic lands. Oh, sorry. Correct. You, yes. sac- you sack one, you get two basics untapped. Right. And what's important about this is that if you have Lotus Cobra in play, on turn three, you can get the six mana, which means that you can cast from this deck currently in the list. Primeval Titan, Worm Coil Engine... Xenagos, Summoning Chap, See the Unwritten, and that's it. But that's that's a pretty good list. That's a good twelve cards yeah, on turn if you three. Have, if you have Lotus that's like Cobra, Tron level rep. If you have Lotus Cobra, some number of fetch lands, and a Harrow on turn three, you just get to go stone cold nuts. Right. And so what we decided is, as we would keep going, because we were thinking, okay, this is really cool. You can get that search for tomorrow and uh, Harrow. Harrow both now let you with a Lotus Cobra in play. Six, six mana on turn three. Um, and and even more notably, Search for lets you get to seven. So, Correct. So what we decided to do was because this deck is so straightforward in terms of it's just trying to beat your face in with gigantic threats plan, uh, we were thinking that you should play Hand Disruption. So because you've got your Search for Tomorrow is one of your turn one plays. But other than that, you don't have a turn one play, right? Correct. He's in bolts, but they... Tapped lands. Yeah, tapped lands. So we were thinking if you could play like a Disruption spell, the Summoning Traps are great if they try to counter your spell... But, well, no, Summoning Trap only works on countering creatures, but it, irrelevant. Yeah, but so my, my point is that if you disrupt them on turn one, then you know what they have. You can just straight up go for it on turn yeah. three. The, the important thing is is half the information. So we, we recommend putting four Thoughtseize in the deck. Yes, and also uh, Lightning Bolt as a three of. So just that, to have some creature interaction that you can use to kill creatures. And just because it's another way there. that when you get to seven mana on turn three, uh, with your Search for Tomorrow plan, you can cast a six drop and a one drop. So you can Thoughtseize or Lightning Bolt right, plus right. a sweet Having some more one drops. Uh, but more importantly, kill some <laughs> creatures that are trying to kill you. Yes. Uh, make you a little less weak to like stuff like Infect. Right. Is definitely one. Um, but one of the nice things, you get the information so you know, oh, on my turn three, I should cast Primeval Titan instead of my trap so that they remand my primeval titan 
letting me get the free trap. Or, yes. you know, it, it gives you information, lets you play around. It also lets you grab spells from them to stop them if they're, like, Splinter Twin, and you just need to stop them. Something that's also important about Harrow is that it's an instant, and so is Summoning Trap. So yes. later in the game, you can kind of hold up your mana and kind of choose what to do with it. Um, as far as big creatures go, it plays really big creatures. It plays Emrakul, plays Ulamog, plays the uh, Worm Coil Engines. Yeah, Primeval well, Titans, all really good. Um, we cut the Harmonize. We thought that your kind of game plan is way more threatening. I could see putting Harmonize back in if you think that card advantage is something that is really necessary. We were unsure. Yeah, anytime, anytime you... I think the best thing to do anytime you look at a deck that's trying to get ahead on mana or cheat bigger things into play, the most important thing to look at is efficiency. Because the whole idea is like... The difference between one mana, like getting to four or getting to five, or getting to five and getting to six and a six and getting to seven on an early turn has everything to do with what are you doing with that mana. So there's no point in playing a four drop that draws you cards unless, like, if that's in your hand and you have a big play, like let's say you can get to five with your Lotus Cobra on turn three, but you're, all you're going to do is spend four of it to cast a Harmonize, it's not even, it's like just not that relevant. You may as well have just played like a right. Rampant Growth and done it or something like that. Um, it's a lot less explosive. The only other, the other, uh, as far as lands go, because um, I do want to mention some spell lands, because you're playing Primeval Titan, and I think it'll be important in this deck. I think you want to run Wolf Run. Yeah, Keswick Wolf. Um, I don't know if you want to run it over Valakut, but I think maybe one or the other, or maybe both even, because um, I think it's really important to be able to use that mana. He originally had Comet Storm, and I think Wolf Run does a lot of what Comet Storm was doing, but it makes your uh, Lotus Cobra better. Right. 100%. Or your ran- yeah, it makes all your random stuff better. Uh, we also cut Birds of Paradise. We think that uh, the Harrow kind of does what that deck needs to do. And we went to the four four full four search for tomorrows. It also kind of accomplishes that goal. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, Bird is Bird is great, but uh, I I doesn't it doesn't work as well as Search for Tomorrow does with your with your Lotus Cobra, right? So we went to four search, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, one hundred percent. All right, so that's that's kind of what I uh, I did a list. Uh, we will have lists, by the way, for all these decks posted. Yes. Um, we are also not going to the sideboards because that's another thing that it depends on the metagame and everything, but definitely uh, this is a deck that is exciting. I, I like uh, summoning trap lists are always really cool. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, so let's move on to list number two. Talbot Solenberger sent us this. Uh, yep. At Spooky to Go Alone. Uh, so this is a list that if you guys have heard me talk a little bit, you know that I have an affinity, not an affinity deck, for the idea <laughs> of using the card Boomerang on your lands, on the play, and how backbreaking some sort of tempo thing has, is. And, and one of the brews we've talked about, possibly talking about on here, is my own silly mono blue boomerang thing, which we haven't talked about yet. Um, this ended up in a different direction, but the original list here, uh, which this list is intended to be a little bit more of a budget list. This is supposed to be taking advantage of some more underplayed cards that have high power level for lower cost. So there are some commons in here, and there are some underutilized rares. Um, it plays my favorite card in Modern, Spellskite. Uh, it plays Icecrown Scepter, which is another card I like a lot. Uh, the, the premise behind this deck is that you are playing 4 Boomerang, which is blue-blue instant, bounce target permanent. Um, that card's awesome. If you can play that on someone's land, especially a shock land, it's very good. Uh, this list runs some Angel's Graces, which is a split-second instant for one white that was reprinted in the first Modern Masters, I believe. Uh, you can't lose the game this turn, and effects that would reduce your life to less than one this turn, reduce them to one instead. Um, Condemn, which is similar to Path to Exile, except it puts it on the bottom of their library and they gain some life. But because you're sort of trying to choke their lands out, you don't want to play Path to Exile, which makes sense. 
Um, this original list ran a few copies of Dawn Charm and Early Frost, which Dawn Charm I, I definitely have a soft spot for. It was a multi-mode charm card from Planar Chaos um, that the modes are like, I think it's like can't be, counter-target spell that targets you and like maybe prevents some damage, but it doesn't quite further your game plan as well. Early Frost is a card that taps some lands. It taps it taps three lands. So it, it can be used to lock an opponent out with... Isochron Scepter. Isochron Scepter, but it is a little specific. Yes, it's the same kind of deal where it's uh, it's trying to do the same thing. You have Muddle the Mixture, which is... Uh, that's a transmute card from Ravnica. It's blue-blue, counter-target, instant or sorcery spell, but it has transmute for blue-blue colorless. You can search your library for uh, any card with converted mana cost two and put it into your hand, so it allows you to get most of the cards in this deck, all of the cards you would want to put on Scepter, Scepter itself. So um, so Don Charm, by the way, uh, prevents all common damage that would be dealt this turn, regenerate target creature, or counter-target spell that targets you. Yeah, it's it's countering a spell that targets you. Or, and the Fog. The Fog's what I would say is probably the strongest ability for what this deck is trying to yeah, do. Yeah, and also, and also the fact that so it, it either Fogs a Swarm, or it prevents the direct damage that is... That is right, right, that a burn balls. spell would do, yeah. So that's interesting, um, but I think there are some slightly better options you could use that. There's Remand, there's Shadow of Doubt, which is a hybrid blue-black uh, instant. Which we don't talk about a lot, but it's probably a really versatile... I mean, by probably, I mean it's definitely a versatile card in Modern. It's the closest thing to Sinkhole the format has. It's it's hybrid blue-black, blue-black. Yeah. Uh, target or Players can't search the library this turn and draw a card. It can't trips. And it's yeah. an instant spell. You so play at an instant speed in response to a into a fetch land so that their fetch land fizzles and they don't get the search. Right. And you draw a card. So it's like... it's like And it's never fully dead because you can always... If they, like, you just hold counter magic up and if they don't play anything, you get yeah. the cantrip it. Good players play around it, but it definitely on the play, if you want to be aggressive, is pretty good. Um, that card is... It's interesting. It's it, Because you are trying to play this as an Isochron Scepter deck with Boomerang, you can't play I Have Nowhere because I Have Nowhere cannot be put on an Isochron Scepter. So you have to play something have, like that. I have nowhere for anybody that's wondering is the same card as Boomerang. It's just a sorcery, and I think it's like an arcane or something like that. Okay, but it's it's just it's the other bounce a land spell. So yeah, this is the other thing you can do at instant speed. Couple copies of Surgical Extraction and Twin Cast. Twin Cast is the instant rare Con- blue blue copy target instant or sorcery spell. Right. So it counters a counter. It copies steals spell. spells. Yeah. Um, it just means on turn four you could like twin cast your own boomerang and bounce two lands. Um, Surgical extraction is Phyrexian mana one black. You can lobotomize a card from their graveyard. Uh, and then down at the bottom you had four Isochron scepters, four spellskites, and Noyan Dar the Royal Shaper, which I suppose is supposed to be the finisher here. I think yes. right. Yeah. Um, which is a five mana new spell from Zendikar, which from it's, Bal- it's very similar to what. Um... I mean, basically, it, it, it awake, gives every card you cast Awaken for free. Yeah, which I can understand is good, and it's a finisher. And in a deck like this, you need a finisher, but I don't know that it's the right one because it costs five mana. Uh, we could be wrong. That's my guess. Aside from that, plays some creature lands. Um, yeah. Um, so uh, my first comment with this deck was I think it needs to be playing red. So I talked about this yesterday when, or last week when we talked about... Um, Isochron Scepter, but your biggest weakness is the card Abrupt Decay. It blows you out. It's a huge problem. And what, by playing red, you get one specific card that I think is also really important. It blows is, you out because if you go to play an Isochron Scepter and you exile a card from your hand imprint, and then they Abrupt Decay in response before you have the mana to untap and actually use the spell. Well, even if you use it and the Abrupt Decay doesn't, the because there's no longer a spell imprinted once it goes to the graveyard, you don't even get an effect. Something like that, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it, it's a little rough. Um, but... Boros Charm, the effect on it is 
the, sorry, the important card is Boros Charm in red. So Boros Charm gives all permanents you control indestructible, so it protects this. It's one of the few cards that can be on Isochron Scepter that right. protects it. It also does the four damage. So, like, it makes Isochron Scepter a legitimate threat. You don't need the Royal Endars, uh, Noyandars, because you can Boros Charm them to death. Fully, yeah. So it protects it. It's a four, it's a four damage spell that uh, you can put on Scepter that you can just repeatedly cast. Uh, I mean, one of the things this deck is was trying to do, and we are now trying to make it more so, is that it aggressively gets into a lock situation, um, but that the cards that you would be playing that are in those lock situations, like the cards you would be imprinting for that lock, are a little bit of higher higher power. So like Lightning Helix or a card like... We added some Pact of Negations to the list because Pact of Negation with Angel's Grace is great. Right, you can just correct. get out of you can just get out of a loss early on if like they try to go for like if they try to go for it on turn two with like Titan or something like that in like a amulet deck, or they try to twin you and you don't have a way out, but you have both cards in your hand. You, you can pact and then pact and then next turn you yep. just Angel's Grace to not lose in response to the pact trigger and you've got right. yourself out. Um yeah, so I guess first the cards I think we we cut. So first we like definitely went heavy on cutting uh, the like surgical extractions because it made it so like black is kind of a color that you don't really need for that card, but it's you know otherwise that card costs a lot of life. Uh, we got rid of early frost. We mentioned the problem with that. Uh, I actually think you keep a few uh, dawn charms in. I know you mentioned before that it was it's a little weak. I think the fog effect is really strong against some decks. I think if you just have unlimited fog against Zoo, yeah. there's just nothing they can do against you. Yeah, as long like, as you they can. Like, they have like Pride Mage and Scepter. Yeah, and you just have to protect Scepter, and that's why I think you play red. But Dawn Charm kind of works in that same sense. Yeah. And it stops Lightning Bolt. Like there's a lot of aggressive decks. It also just shuts down Infect. I think. I like the Planar Cast Charms for the record. I, like Evolution Charm is not a card we're using here, but that's a card I've talked about a number of times. Right. Which is like one green, one colorless instant. Search your library for a basic land card, put it in your hand. Return a creature card from your graveyard to your hand, or target creature you control gets flying until end of turn. Right, which is pretty versatile and it's it's underutilized. It's not quite of modern power level, but it's close. So I think I think the major things we did is we added some uh, card selection. So we put Serum Visions in the deck uh, because you want to be able to find the scepter. Like you need a way to dig towards that. We put Silence in the deck, and I think Silence was the main card I thought was missing. Um, that card is the main combo with Icecrown Scepter. You can lock an opponent out of the game because. Basically, what silence is, is for one white mana, target player can't cast spells on this turn. So as soon as it's on Scepter, they literally won't be able to cast a spell at Sorcerer's Speed ever again. Because yeah, so during they... your upkeep, you Scepter it, so they no longer can cast a spell for the rest of your turn, and then you untap, and then you do it again and again and again. They have to have Decay or a counter spell. They can play only instant speed things. And that's and then, that was the other comment, play red, get Boros Charm in here, make sure you can protect your Scepter. It's really important to protect it, but also red gives you Lightning Helix, which protects yourself and is a damage spell to kill creatures, lets you interact with creatures a little bit better. Um, the one comment he had, when I because he, he actually, we brought up the red um, to him on Twitter, was... Uh, he was a little worried about Blood Moon. And there were two two things with that. One, the main card you're trying to cast is colorless and requires a colorless activation. Isochron Scepter is very good against Blood Moon. Blood Moon does not lock you out of the game. It also is sweet because you can play Blood Moon in your own sideboard. You can, you can right. construct the deck and construct the mana base as such that you are allowed to basically search for a couple basics and then just play Blood Moon. And right. Win and now you have Isochron Scepter, so you're going to get out from under it way faster than they will. Correct. So that's that's definitely one of the considerations. I we also thought about Path to Exile, and we realized that if the game plan is 
upfront about the boomerang game plan, then path is probably not the way you want to go because you don't want to be giving them lands as you're bouncing their lands. Which is why I like Dawn Charm and other Fogs, and they're playing uh, as well um, Condemn, which lets you kill creatures uh, that are at least attacking you, gives you versatility in stopping them without going through the whole effort of ramping them for themselves. Right, right, right. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of, I think those are the main... Yeah, I think uh, what we said, Pact of Negation, we said Scepter. Yeah, the, the, the cool things are Pact. four Spell Skites in our version now, just right, because it's sweet. Evolved. It's good. It's good with Scepter because it makes it so your Scepter can't be targeted. It's another protection for Scepter. It means you're playing Scepter on three usually. You're but that's playing fine. You're playing on two. Yeah. And then you're playing Scepter on three. Or or you're playing like Spell Skite on two, actually casting a spell on three, and with then playing Scepter, Scepter on four Correct. with two open so you can play it and then cast Or Scepter a spell. plus a one-mana spell. So like Scepter... Removing a silence and then silencing them on their turn, or angel gracing on their turn so their twin combo doesn't work, and then fogging for that. You know, there's a, d- a bunch of different cool things you can do. Yeah. Um, the one thing I would say that's important th- so the cool things silence on Scepter is a cool thing that this deck does. It makes it so it locks your opponent out. The next one is packed with uh, angel's grace. So the fact that you can now get a, get basically a counter spell for a one mana delay trigger right. is really strong. Um, and I think just adding red, giving you the versatility of remo- like burn spells and borrows charm, are is like really important for the deck. But I think with those things kind of together, your deck jumps up in power level without adding too much of a cost. Yeah, it's a little more expensive, but it. I mean, the the pact negation, which is quite honestly probably the easiest card to shave. Though I actually do think that a deck that's playing four main deck angels grace um, and isochron scepter really might want to play a four pack of negation. It's right. so uh, it's like so good. The list we post will have two, but I think you can go up to four. Yeah, it's like so good in the sense that you mid game, if you get like if you get that Angel's Grace on Isochron Scepter, now you just like have the ability to stop them for free from whatever they're doing. And like it's just it's just free counter spells are good, I've heard. So for those wondering, uh there are two really expensive cards that we'd probably add, but aren't necessary. Uh, that's Snapcaster and Baby Jace. <laughs> right. Both, both of good. them do really kind of good things. I think Baby Jace is probably better in this deck than Snapcaster, just because it lets you dig, it, and it also does give you the fact that it starts fogging as well. Like, right. having a fog in this deck, which kind of plays very similar to Turbo Fog, is really important, and having card draw in this deck was probably going to be really important. So Jace doing both of those things is really good for you, while Snapcaster Mage, the fact that it's a 2-1 threat isn't as versatile, um, but the fact that it buys back that you know J- Snapcaster Mage is good, so like <laughs> yeah, right. There's an argument for either one. I, I like Jace more, uh, and that might be easier to get in a couple months when Jace rotates out of standard. Uh, I was gonna say on the Snapcaster front, if you do end up playing Snapcasters in the deck, then I think you replace Serum Visions with Cataxian Probes and Probe, Correct. and Probe becomes you can slam Jace on turn two, see their hand a second time, draw another card for two more life. And the reason Snapcaster is so good in the deck is because it turns your boomerangs and your shadow of doubts on turn four into reusable boomerangs tempo and, and cantrip, and and your reliance on Isochron Scepter for the deck to be as good as it is is a little less. Um, but Jace offers a little bit of that rebuy. Yeah, it does. It does. It's just like, and it lets you get to your next scepter if you need to get there. Yes, agreed. Yeah. So both ways are cool. It seems like a very fun deck to play. Yeah, um, uh, uh, I mean. We literally talked about yesterday that this is one of the decks that you'd probably like to play, and then they sent me a list and was like, yep, we're doing it. Yeah, I'm obsessed with the idea cool. of Boomerang. All right, guys, uh, I want to give a big shout-out to uh, Talbot at spooky to go alone and uh, 
Jason, Jason Reeson at Jason Reeson for giving us the list this week. All these lists will be up online on rocketjump.com and we'll also post them to our Facebook. Uh, make sure to go check that out, facebook.com slash the MMCast. Absolutely. And th- yeah, we- thank you for supporting us for over a year now, guys, and being there and, and tweeting at us and yeah. like continuing. Getting in fun arguments online. It's dangerous. It, well, there's like <laughs> enough, there's enough of, of you guys that are willing to talk to us now on Twitter that if we actually ask a question or like a poll or anything, like, oh, I wanted to tell everyone about that. The poll. I won so handedly. Uh, <laughs> you didn't win anything. All, all that happened was we talked about Ariac Champion, and I said that it was an underrated card that I thought was really good. And you were like, is it better than Spellskite? And I was like, You well, said yes. You said yes. I did not say yes. You said yes. I didn't. And if I did, then I don't mean it, Spellskite. <laughs> all I was saying, all I was saying was- uh, Ariac Champion lost 12 to, 12% to 88%. Okay, but all well, I, By the way, we got 136 votes, which is kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah, all I was saying was that I just feel like Ariac Champion is underrated. You know Spellskite's my guy. Don't try and steal Spellskite. <laughs> It's not it's yours. Now. It's it mine is not now. yours. I stole it. All right. So that uh, we'll also talk about. We had a contest last week. <laughs> We're going to see how much interaction we get. But basically, it was uh, we gave five different decks out or cards out, and then made decks really quick. And which one did in each round better between the two of us? Well, no, we like pitched why the card is sweet. Right. Right. And. Uh, one of us is gonna have to buy the only person dinner. It's only been like 24 hours since we recorded that one, so back to back recording this did, week. Yeah, so uh, we will in the next episode talk about who possibly gets a free dinner. It's gonna be me. This 100 not. Gonna I think be. I think it might be you. The, yeah. the the reaction so far is you. Mind yeah. you, only one person has voted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, once again, thank you guys. Uh, we are on Twitter at the MMCast. I am at Kess Wiley. I am at Ben Bateman Media. Uh, and we will see you guys next week. Yeah. See you next week. Bye. Oh, check out the command zone. They're the best. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to the MMCast at rocketjump.com. See you later, alligator. <laughs>